You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Howdy, folks. It's Judgment Day for the Detroit Lions roster. Doomsday for some glorious salvation for others as we bring you into the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. We're here. We're live, as always. This is our second to last podcast before the actual season. We have a week off. We have a week off before it starts. We're going to have a big-ass preview episode for you coming up next week. But until then, roster cuts have finalized. They were finalized on Tuesday. We're recording on Wednesday because we wanted to see all the trades and practice squad management and waivers and everything else. So we're going to bring you the full picture, the biggest storylines from this glorious week. And I know my man, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. I'm Christopher Fett, the adequate host at Christopher Fett. But I know Jeremy, this is his time of year. He loves spreadsheets. He loves names. He loves notes. He's been prep- prepping, making lists of men who we think are going to fall, live, and now it all pays off. Hello, Jeremy. Hi, Chris. Uh, just a quick amendment to that. Uh, <laughs> while, while I do love, you know, roster management and figuring all the little tinkering it is a sobering week to, to be clear like this isn't oh, yeah, this isn't no. one of my favorite weeks of the of, of the year it, it's it's bad week it's a bad week. a lot of people are losing their jobs and and all that yes, sort of this stuff. is so, all this is always the prerequisite thing that every it needs to be out there though out there it needs to be out there because there are people dancing on jelani Tavai's grave and i'm not one of them i we'll get to him in, in a we'll bit get but to like it, it just it it's a tough weekend in, in nfl I enjoy being crazy busy. I enjoy being this close to the regular season, all that sort of stuff. But it's, it is a, a sobering weekend. This is also the standards talk I get from every beat reporter when they realize that they have been, you know, haggling at all the names. And now it always comes out. Oh, yeah. Remember, there's humans here. But it is true. Yeah, it is true. There is a lot of guys. It's it's how football works at the end of the day. And how this man works is because he's our third man, the wild card in our gumbo. Ryan Matthews Black is the rock at Ryan underscore P O D Ryan. You were not cut today. How do you feel? Um, I was surprised that I wasn't cut because, uh, you know who should be cut Jeremy for his bad Twitter jokes that aren't funny, but you know what? He's my boss. So I guess I just have to put up with it. Wow. Shots fired. Just because I made a, a, a purposely terrible Donda <laughs> pun just to get you angry at the top of the show. And it worked. <clears throat> what were you Damn doing? It. The other you were doing the other night that you were like, explain something to me with like music lyrics because you were doing the old man. I don't want to know about this thing. Was that Donda yeah. or was that something else? No, that was the, the football team that's fake or something. I still have oh, Bishop Sycamore, that. but that was a yeah, fantastic yeah. story. You would love it as, as like I'm sure I would. And I'll yeah. get to it eventually. I just, it's been a crazy week. We'll, we'll talk about that scraps, maybe. Anyway, we have a lot to talk about on the roster. We waste no time getting to it. Uh, I want to start with our three biggest takeaways from the roster. We've been sitting here wondering how to talk about it. We are kind of talking position by position, not in our usual order, but I think I want to talk about three of the biggest positions off the top by way of talking about what the Lions have done, too. And I think, Jeremy, the biggest takeaway as we look at this finalized roster and what the front office has done for the Detroit lions is, and it immediately jumps out to you. The lions 
have gone incredibly young. And not only have they gone incredibly young, they've also rewarded some standout young players that maybe I don't think we would have seen, we were normally expecting to see. And maybe in past regimes, you wouldn't see because veterans would have been prioritized. Established names would have been prioritized. And instead, we've got a pretty young roster. And I can't think of any place better with it when I look at the cornerbacks, especially everyone's darling from the preseason, AJ Parker. Yeah, I mean, it's astonishing how young this roster is. And, and to me, that, that shows that no matter what Brad Holmes says to the media, he realizes this is not a retool. This is a rebuild. And you're right, that cornerback position is the, the, the staunchest example because this team is, you know, when the, the initial cutdowns were made, the 53 rosters made, this was the second youngest roster in the NFL, averaging 252 uh, age is their age, you know, but if you look at the secondary, the oldest person in, in that cornerback room is Amani Oruwariye, who's in his third year in the NFL. That's insane. That's insanity. Um, and so they move on from a guy like Cornell, or they move on from a guy like Mike Ford in favor of these young guys in, in favor of, you mentioned AJ Parker, who was in line to start, not only make the team, but start Bobby Price, a guy who's just kind of a special teamer and just transitioned to cornerback two weeks ago made the roster. Jerry Jacobs, a guy that no one really had on their radar as a guy with a realistic chance, wasn't on anyone's 53-man roster prediction. Uh, a guy who worked his ass off learning as much as he could from Jeff Okuda makes the team over a guy like Mike Ford. And it, it's, it's surprising a little bit. You can say it's a good sign that this team is leaning young because it means that they are really leaning into the rebuild. Um, but it also means the team's probably going to be a little rough around the edges to start. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the most surprising cut, right, is Mike Ford. And, mm -hmm. you know, there there is much talk about Mike Ford throughout the preseason. You know, initially he starts as the team's nickel cornerback in training camp. He transitions out maybe because A.J. Parker just kind of outplayed him at that position. And it seemed like Mike Ford was going to be depth on the outside corner. And it seemed like he was going to be solid outside depth. But I, I don't know, like that was the most surprising move of any of the moves that had you know, happened, of course, this week. Um, I was most surprised by Mike Ford. Clearly, um, you know, somebody who was built to stick around because he ends up, you know, getting claimed by Denver, which he totally belonged to be to be claimed and, and be on an NFL roster. But yeah, I was I was most surprised by by that cut uh, more so than any other moves that the Lions made, even though they they did make quite a few surprising moves. They did. And and I think you're right. Ford Ford is a surprising move, but it's also kind of a sign that they've they have bought into the rebuild, right? Like Mike Ford was probably the best special teamer on this team, maybe aside from Jalen Reeves Mabin. So they they really made a statement by cutting him as like, yeah, that's that's important if we were a team that was competing right now. Instead, we rather get the developmental guy who might give us something in the long term in a guy like Bobby Price or Jerry Jacobs. Those guys have more long term potential than than Mike Ford, and I probably agree with them on that. Um, it's, but again, you're, you're taking a hit this year with that sort of move. You're taking a hit on your special teams. Uh, and you know, maybe it's not a big hit. Maybe it's not a significant hit to a lot of people, but how many times have we talked about how you make these final roster spots via special teams? And so maybe that's more of a credence. Maybe that's more of a line for teams that, that plan on being in contention this year. I think this is a sign that lines and know they're not going to be in contention. I think it's also, too, that it's it's good to try to get guys on upside to this part of the rebuild just in general and forget about the special teams like the to, to see a guy like Parker who flew up that chart, who flew up that depth chart. And as you say, might be starting when you're still figuring out, you know, if Jeff Okuda, who's been who's been fine through the preseason, but, you know, this is a critical year for him. Uh, you got another young you got your rookie in Ifidu Melifonwu who's going to make the roster like they've gone very young at this cornerback position. And sometimes uh, we talk about it a lot that it's a hard position to hit on. So I feel like the whole cornerbacks is a lot of lottery cards. And one of them I think will probably hit at some point. But, I don't know, think, more than I don't, better. yeah, I don't think that we can really stress how young it is because Mike Ford just turned 26. Like the old guy in the group, he's not, he's not old by any means, especially no. even by NFL standards. Like, I no. mean, that guy still has, he has quite a few years ahead of him in terms of his playing time. But yeah, this is clearly a, it's clearly a move from Brad Holmes that I, I agree with you, Jeremy. Like it's, it's not a retool. This is a full on full blown rebuild. One of the other young guys I like that they made it to was Tom Kennedy. 
Um, we talked about him a lot during uh, the preseason and he's going to end up on the roster. And I think we'll talk about wide receivers a little bit later as far as some of the other additions. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the story there is that the lions cut their losses there, right? Because they, they decided mm-hmm. that um, Perriman wasn't working out. They, they gave him every chance to earn that roster spot, even though he missed the, the, the middle chunk of it with that hip, hip injury and he didn't win it out. And I'm, I'm curious, like, I'm curious about Tom Kennedy's roster spot right now because, you know, as you said, we, we're going to talk about wide receivers in a little bit. There's two newcomers at that position. Is there still room for Tom Kennedy now that they're at seven wide receivers? And the answer might be no, um, but then he would obviously slip to the practice squad, assuming he slips through. Um, but but again, you're right. Like, this is still a sign of, like, listen, we're not going to go with these old vets, these, these big-name guys or these guys that, that have been around for a while. We're going with the young savvy guys who are fighting for those spots and, and showing up every day. And Tom Kennedy earned a spot. Whether he's going to keep it or not, again, I don't I don't I kind of think he might not, but he uh he definitely earned a, a spot on the initial yeah, roster. But you mentioned practice squad. I wanna I'll talk about that in a second because I think one of the other big takeaways is just how they've managed this roster. But if there is one point of concern right off the top, is that there's some lack of depth in certain positions. Uh, Jeremy, I can't think of any place better than that looking at the offensive line right now yeah. where, yeah, there's no real surprises for this Tyrell Crosby. Um, well, that, that is, is the surprise. Yeah, so, that's the surprise. But yeah. other than that, like, you know, Stenberg makes the roster. Sewell, all the starters are there. Like, but it's not, if someone on the offensive line goes down, it's not going, it's going to be a major drop off in efficiency to the next man up. I mean, no, no question. I, we, we expected, I think, I think we all pretty much expected this team to carry um, four offensive tackles because Sewell and, and Decker, you obviously need to back up for both those guys or at least one guy who can do both. And we kind of thought Tyrell Crosby was that dude. Like, obviously something is going on. And Eric and I talked about it a little bit in our mini pod earlier this week. This is a guy who was the source of trade rumors and we didn't really understand it then. He didn't play much in the preseason because he had an injury. When he comes back, he plays like eight snaps in the final preseason game. And then they cut him with an, in, with an injury designation. Um, and, you know, I, th- I, th- I think the weirdest part about it is that Dan Campbell comes out and says he wasn't good enough. And that, I mean, wh- Dan Campbell protects his dudes. He said, like, even you can tell, like, you can tell when he doesn't like a dude as much because he's not as enthusiastic. He, he's very transparent in that way. But he straight up said, like, Crosby wasn't good enough for this roster. So he, he gets waived um, with an injury designation. Didn't, didn't end up getting claimed, which was slightly surprising. So technically he's back on the Lions IR list, but that means the season is over. I think it's very likely that the Lions cut him anyways with an injury uh, settlement. And so they're done with him. I mean, when you say something like that publicly about one of your players, you're done with him. Uh, and so now you're just left with what? With Matt Nelson is your backup. And he did not look particularly <laughs> good in the preseason. Uh, I think, I think, it's it's pretty much a, a big bummer that uh, Dan Skipper got injured, and his his injury seems much more serious. He's back on the IR as well, um, and and he'll stay there almost certainly, but uh, but he he won't be back this year. So that means Matt Nelson, your your converted defensive tackle, is your only offensive tackle depth. Unless I mean, you could also use Vitai, but then then you're shaking up more spots and. House of cards there. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the plan move, is. If you moved him over line. like what you'd have to probably get Stenberg or Evan Brown in there or something. Right. And Stenberg, way, Stenberg not... has shown improvement and I'm glad he made the roster. And, and, and mm. the good news there is too, is that his injury, which um, looked potentially serious in, in the preseason game, Campbell said that uh, it's not serious and he should practice later this week. So um, he'll be ready for the regular season. That's good news. Yeah. The, the, the quick thing that I have to say about Tyrell Crosby is, You know, it wasn't so surprising to me that he went unclaimed just because his name was in trade rumors and clearly they didn't they didn't really generate any interest from from that aspect. So it's it's unfortunate because I think we all thought like, hey, with Tyrell Crosby, maybe the Lions have some versatility when it comes to their depth because maybe he can slide in and play guard in a pinch. Maybe he can play tackle in a pinch, but they've just gone in a complete different direction when it comes to this offensive line. And yeah, like Chris said at the top, I think the biggest concern that you have on this offense, aside from the wide receiver depth, which we're going to talk about later is the depth, the offensive line, because it falls off a cliff once you get past the starters. 
And yeah. can I can I kick it back to corner really quick because I think that's another sure. spot that that's really thin. I mean, when you're starting an undrafted rookie at nickel corner, one of the toughest positions in football. Well, it's that's it's concerning because it's, yeah, it's thin because it's young. It's not a right. lot of proven guys, and right. a lot of them are going to take practice. Like they they are carrying seven corners, but yeah, if you have to go away from Okuda, like it's it's going to be a drop off. And I, I can see Ryan is very excited, and I was going to throw it to him for this anyways because <laughs> this this is a chance for the coaching staff to show off, right? Is that, is that where you're going with this? Yeah, I was going to go with that. And then also, Nikel Roby Coleman is on the practice squad. Like, yes. this is a veteran. I mean, he's a he, this guy is a veteran who is on the practice squad. And, I mean, like, the Cornelder situation, it just seemed like, I mean, all the opportunities that the Lions had to fortify positions with veteran depth players, no way. Like, they're, they're <laughs> moving on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, well, well Aaron Glenn. Stock Aaron up Glenn, baby. But you mentioned Nikel Roby Coleman, Ryan, and this brings me to the third point I wanted to make on this is that I don't know what else to say about the, the front office other than they are being incredibly savvy with how they manage the roster in ways that are probably like more Patriot way than the guys who actually came from the Patriot way. No, I'm dead serious on this. Yep. Like to put a veteran like Nikel Roby Coleman on the practice squad and then I, I'll go out and say it because I, I, I there, there's another position more key, but we got to shout out John Whitaker right off the top, right? Yeah. Because he called it on that the Lions would cut both of their kickers and then get a kicker either from off waivers or bring one of these guys back. And that's what the Patriots did in 2020. The Patriots did it in 2020. No one raised a stink. The Lions do it in 2021. And every national NFL blogger or podcast out there or NFL Twitter just wants to get off their jokes. Oh, they're not going to kick it. They're going to bite the kneecaps instead of and kick with the other person. It's like, no, this is what a smart team did because that's smart because you hold on to that roster spot and you get to use it for something else rather than holding on to the kicker. And I don't think if anyone watched Zane Gonzalez or, or Randy Bullock and thought, yeah, they need to use one of those initial 53 or, oh, no, we're worried both of those guys will be claimed off waivers. That wasn't the case here. Yeah. And, and that, that was just the beginning of it, honestly, because today even more kind of roster shenanigans happened and, and you know, it, it really taught a bunch of NFL fans some some new rules. And I saw some people, you know, criticizing the lines. No one else in the NFL is doing well. Everyone else is in the NFL doing. We're just kind of learning about it because, you know, it, it happens once every couple of years with the lines. Even the pr previous regime did it. But let me let me explain what happened, because there might still be people out there that are very confused that Darren Fells has been cut, leaving the lines with literally one tight end on the roster. Here's how it works. So the lines are going to put a couple of people on IR. We're pretty sure it's going to be Tim Boyle. We're, we're certain it's going to be Tim Boyle, for one. We're pretty sure Deshaun Hand is probably the other. Now, we thought they could make those cuts right after the 53-man roster was made and, and carve out two roster spots. Turns out that's not true. They had to stay on the roster another day. So until 4 p.m. today, which is Wednesday when we're recording this. So the Lions got into a bit of a pickle. And, and I say pickle lightly because literally this happens every year. They, got, they, they were awarded two waiver claims, and we'll talk about those guys in a little bit. So they had to clear up two roster spots before 4 p.m. today. And so how are you going to do that? You, you already have your 53-man roster. You have these guys you want. You can't put these guys on IR yet. So how do you create that space? Well, you release two, two veterans. You, you don't want to release a young guy because that'll put him on waivers. Someone might take him. You, you release a, a, a guy who's a, who's a veteran, won't be on waivers, you can bring him right back. You can say, hey, we're going to cut you. We're going to re-sign you. And why did they pick Darren Fells? Why did they pick Dean Marlowe? Because those guys are on one-year deals. You don't want to do that with a veteran. You don't want to, because when you release someone, you cancel their contract. It's, it's terminated. You're, you're not going to do that with Taylor Decker, who just signed an extension. You're going to deal with a whole bunch of dead money. Small one-year deals. You can replace them easily. You don't take on a lot of dead money. You bring them back the next day. So those guys are going to be back tomorrow. I know a lot of people are worried, well, what if... You know, what if the Vikings swoop in? They need a tight end. They're going to throw it. Like, no, these are gentlemen's agreements. They always go as planned. It happens for five, six, seven teams a year. We just don't talk about it. But it's a savvy move. It, it's something like, like I said, we don't really talk about it much. And it's good to see Brad Holmes, a first-time general manager, know those loopholes. And, and you should expect them to. It would be concerning if they didn't. But 
it's good that they are. And so uh, it, it's kind of fun to learn all these loophole rules, and it's good to know that Brad Holmes knows them too, and, and it makes me feel like we're in some good hands here. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy, if with the Irv Smith injury, and if the Vikings do take Darren Fells, will you officially denounce the Vikings as your favorite NFL team? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can say yes, because this, it won't happen. Like, I, there, there's no chance it happens. Yeah, if, if it yeah. does happen, it's not going to happen. Y'all can plaster, you can clip this, you can send it to whoever you want, you can send it to old takes exposed, whatever. It's not going to happen. Darren Fells is going to be on the roster tomorrow. Um, so is Dean Marlowe, if, if not tomorrow, the day after. It's fine. Everyone relax. I'm going to send it to Arif Hassan. Do it. That, that'll do it. No, send, I mean, send it to Pat McAfee. That's send where it to Jeremy, Pat McAfee. That's where, really? Jer- okay. that's where Jeremy thrives. Okay. <laughs> Um, but no, even besides if, you know, again, this is kind of the problem of being the transient week of these. So we're recording on Wednesday and yeah, we're waiting for Fells to come back. But even besides that, Jeremy, this is still, we talked about lack of depth. Tight end is one of those places, not a lot of depth, but also nobody really stood out from the preseason and camp either. There was, I have no problem with saying that Mac and, uh, should be gone and put down on the practice squad and, Brock Wright, you know, goes to the practice squad and like I they're not they're not ready. No, no, but none of these guys are ready. So you're you just yeah. you know, you get Fels back and you have Hawkinson and you just have to hope Hawkinson doesn't get hurt. And then the 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 other kind of savvy move that you you alluded to early is Nickel Roby Coleman. Yes. And so it's a it's a it's another very clever situation there because when AJ Parker made the team, we're like, okay, cool, he's a starter. And then when they cut Cornelder and uh, Nickel Roby Coleman, we're like, oh, crap, who's the backup? Well, <laughs> Nickel Roby Coleman comes back to the practice squad. Again, a veteran, so he wasn't on waivers. The lines could be like, hey, we're going to cut you. We're going to bring you back on the practice squad. And then a little-known practice squad roster tinkering type of thing. The Lions in week one are able to bring up one or two players from the practice squad without them, without you know, having to, to create a roster spot for them basically creating a 55-man roster. I think that's what they do with Nikel Roby or Coleman. I think they make him active. They could even potentially start him, and then he goes back to the practice squad next week for next week without having to go through waivers, and then lines can sign him to the 53-man roster. Why don't they just sign him to the 53-man roster, you may ask? Well, let me tell you. Because in week two, if you sign a veteran to your roster, his salary is no longer guaranteed for the entire season. If he's on your roster in week one, it is. But if it's on your practice squad, he's not technically on your 53-man roster. So... His salary is not guaranteed. It's a bit of a cheapskate move, but a lot of pl- a lot of teams do it right now, and uh, it, it's just kind of standard practice. And so that's what I think they do with Nikel Roby Coleman because, my God, that cornerback room needs some some veterans. It needs some needs some, some people who know the system and and have some experience. And so I think it's a it's a savvy move right there as well. So what I'm getting out of this is the Lions are doing Richie deals moves over here, just just yeah, just they are. shuffling things around, making mm-hmm. deals happen. What you're yep. getting out of this is the NFL PA needs to do something about this. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, there's so, so many, many Coleman things. Ro- absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so many stupid roster loops that, that people have. Like, the fact that you have to have a guy on your roster, your 53 for a day before you can put him on IR so that he can return, it's stupid. It's stupid. They, they need to get all these timelines lined up so that people can just make the 53 how they want. Because... It, they're just jumping through these unnecessary hoops. It's stupid. Something to look forward to whenever the the PA and the NFL try to get back into the to the next CBA thing. You hope that maybe this kind of shenanigans is up there. But I know that the 18 game is going to be more of the the sticking point because, as always, the NFL just keeps wanting to expand. Um, we mentioned two waiver claims coming off of some of these some of the this roster management. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about them. One is your long-awaited new kicker. Zane Gonzalez did get sent back to the practice squad, so Randy Bullock not here. Who's your new kicker? We'll find out. Also, we keep talking about wide receivers. Let's go there next as we talk about the other waiver claim, who is very, very interesting. And we'll look at the rest of that position. We'll look at the rest of the offense. We haven't talked about running backs or quarterbacks yet. We'll do it next on the Pride of Detroit POD cast.
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back again on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. So I, before we left our last break to take a quick break there, redundancy department, um, I said we were going to talk about the two guys who are claimed off waivers. Now, the smaller one of this, before we get into more of the offense, is Austin Seibert. Seibert? Seibert? You don't know yet. Sure. Okay. I don't know yet. Sure. Yeah. Um, claimed as your new kicker, Detroit. Any notes on him, or should I just go straight to the next one? He's, I mean, a kicker. He's, we don't... He's, he's an average kicker who doesn't have a lot of experience kicking beyond 50 yards. So it kind of seems like a lateral move to me, but it's a new face. And, you know, I wasn't really too happy with either of the other two guys. So we'll see. I, I think real quick, what's most intriguing about him is that he had a pretty good rookie season. Like, yeah, I mean, like you said, Jeremy, he only attempted two field goals past 50 yards. He was one for two. His his long was 53, but he hit it at an 86.2% clip. Like. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good number to hold if you're if you're a field goal kicker. And, um, you know, he was he was nine of 12 from between 40 and 49, which is pretty solid. But it's interesting how he was drafted in the fifth round by the Browns in 2019. So I wonder I that's what I was going to say. I wonder how much of it has to do with the John Dorsey effect. And, and we'll get to maybe some of the other effects that he he had on the on the rest of the roster. But I, uh, I I find that interesting that he had a good rookie season and then ended up on two different teams in 2020 playing for both Cincinnati and Cleveland. So it, I guess it more so it, it more so shows the the life of an NFL kicker. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned the John, John Dorsey connection. It's also here with the other waiver claim, which was Kaderil Hodge, wide receiver, claimed off the waivers. Um, was with the Browns for the last two seasons, but was draft uh, undrafted, but claimed by the Rams in 2018. So this guy has the front office paw prints all over him to begin with as we look at this wide receiver room. And, you know, you, you mentioned it, Jeremy, still no guarantee Tom Kennedy probably makes the roster, but what kind of role do you see of Kaderil Hodge? If they're claiming this guy, you've got to think that they're of a mind to maybe keep him or at the very least, like, try him out and see what he's like here. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a guy that actually brings some experience, you know, caught 11 catches for 180 yards last year, including one week, which he had 73 yards. So he's got some, you know, experience, some success in this league. And he's actually caught passes from, from uh, Jared Goff before when he was with the Rams, he got a couple, uh, I think it was tw- in his, that rookie year, that 2018 year, um, you know, he's six foot two, 205 pounds. I'm still kind of getting to you, getting to know him myself. Um, I think he's he's in. I mean, he's in contention for another outside spot. I think he's more of an outside receiver. He does bring a little bit of speed, which obviously is something that they they care about. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I don't think he jumps into the wide receiver two spot. I think I think suddenly the Lions have a lot of competition there. But that's something that you kind of wanted at the beginning camp, not really at this point in time. So I'm kind of lukewarm. I'm a little bit warmer on on the other wide receiver, which we'll get to in a second. But I'm curious if uh, if Ryan's got any takes on on Hodge. Yeah, I, I think the like you hit on most of them, Jeremy, but this is a guy who had substantial playing time with the, the Browns in 2020. Um, yeah. And I mean, I know he only had 11 receptions, but I think he had upwards of like 300 snaps. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy who, you know, played quite a bit of football for them when they were Lots going with in, Yep, that too, you know, dealing with injuries with Odo Buckham and things like that. So they had a lot of roster shuffling when it came to the wide receiver position. And this is a guy who I think, he he was kind of I'm trying to think of the 
kind of a player analogous to the Lions that went through a similar situation. But I think the Browns were hoping that they could squeeze him through waivers and catch him on the other side and put him on the practice squad. They just had such a deep position, which, you know, takes us to uh, or, you know, takes us to our, our talk about our other wide receiver who just didn't have room in, in that wide receiver room in Denver. Yep. Lions trade for Trinity Benson. They uh, they send a fifth and a seventh round pick, get Benson and a sixth round pick in return. So essential. Essentially, it's it's basically a, a little bit less than a fifth round pick if you want to combine picks. So I, I know some people are, are wringing their hands about that. And, you know, there's a guy that would have been on waivers. They could have got him there. Maybe, maybe not. Um, like you said, it was a crowded room in, in Denver. And, um, you know, Benjamin Albright is someone who we, we talked to a little bit about him. And he he was convinced that they weren't going to waive him, that he was a very talented guy. And he wrote a lot of very nice things ab- about Trinity um, that you can read on prideofdetroit.com. He he thinks he's in contention for a, a, a playing role this year, and he's a guy who's just kind of snuck around on on the practice squad for a couple of years. He's from a Division two college, so there's there's not a lot of tape out on this guy. There's not a lot known about this guy, but for a guy that that's watched him in camp every year, he's very very complimentary of the guy. Another guy with a lot of speed, some some kick returning experience as well, so he might be involved in that. Um, I, I think you know if this were the start of training camp, I would say this is a guy in competition for Khalif Raymond's spot on the roster he's a guy that i think can play inside and outside might be better fit on the inside which seems like maybe he's a little bit redundant but they must have plans to play him on the outside if if they traded for him so another guy i I think i'm more intrigued about this guy i think he has more upside maybe it's because he's younger maybe because he's kind of like you know an an unwrapped gift on on christmas because we just don't know what he has yet because he hasn't shown it yet but uh i'm I'm kind of i'm intrigued by this guy and he also has an awesome name this brings us up to seven active wide receivers on the roster. Javon McKinley and Sage Girard being sent down to the practice squad. Jeremy, do you see anyone from this? Do you think the line? I can't see the Lions carrying all seven for a long time, though. Can you? Seven, seven seems like a lot, especially when the talent doesn't warrant it. So um, I think this becomes the discussion about Tom Kennedy, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. And so. it seems like he's the easiest cut. I mean, but maybe. I mean, maybe if. Maybe we we have a surprise on our hands. Maybe they don't like Quintus Cephas. Maybe maybe they think Trinity Benton is a better Khalif Freeman. Maybe one of those two gets cut. I I still think it's Tom Kennedy. That's the easier move. It's a guy who probably clears waivers. I know everyone thinks he won't because everyone was sure that Craig Reynolds wasn't going to clear waivers either, and he did. <laughs> um, it's just how it's how it works. Um, so I I I think Tom Kennedy's the guy out, but I, I guess I'm, I'm leaving room for a, a small surprise in in waiting. You mentioned Craig Reynolds. That kind of takes us to the running backs. No real surprise. Um, I think the only real surprise is maybe Godwin Igwebuke. They found room for him on the roster. Yeah, there's a great story there. And, and also kudos on the, the pronunciation. You nailed it. I, I think a lot answer. of people, including myself, are still stumbling over that one. Uh, but yeah, a converted safety started training camp that way as, as, as a converted safety to running back. Um, got better and better and better every week. Um, he, he's one of the great stories. and. You know, big picture, is Godwin Iguabuke going to get a lot of playing time this year? Probably not. Is he? Gonna, I mean, he could very well be one of the guys that are inactive every week. Um, he'll have to prove himself on special teams. But it's a cool story, and if the Lions get hit by the injury bug, which the running back position seems to get hit by the injury bug all the time, we could see him uh, play out there, and I think Lions fans are going to be excited for that because he had a really good preseason. If there's any guy who you would suspect to have that special teams ability, it would be a guy who's a converted safety, right? Like, I mean, he can, he can probably do a little bit of everything when it comes to, to special teams and things like that. And like you said, Jeremy, he could totally end up being a guy who is left off the game, game day rosters uh, each and every week. But I'm just going to say like, I'm, I'm concerned about Swift. Like I'm concerned about Swift. I'm concerned about, you know, we're, we're so comfortable with the depth at running back when it's healthy Swift and healthy Jamal Williams. But yeah. as soon as you remove DeAndre Swift from that equation, like you're only as good as your next running back, I feel like, when it comes to the running back room. Sure. And I mean, you're not alone in your concern, right? Dan Campbell said he was concerned. He used that word, concerned. Deuce Staley used the exact same word, concerned about DeAndre Swift. And par- while part of me thinks like that's just them trying to like, I, I think I mentioned this on the last part. I feel like this is them trying to be like Bill Parcells and light a fire under the, this guy because he's kind of been... I don't want to say he's been slacking off, but he just hasn't been out there. Maybe they're, and, they're and saying Campbell like, hey, you got to get over it. 
and Campbell is a Parcells player and he right. comes from the Parcells tree with Sean Payton. So yeah, does that make sense? It, it's possible that that's a motivational tactic. Um, and, and we'll see. I mean, the, the weird part is every time we saw him out there during training camp, he looked fine. He looked like he had his burst. It looked like he had his speed, but it seems like a conditional thing. And obviously if you're just doing it in 10 team reps in a practice com- compared with 60 snaps in a game, like it, there's no comparison. It's, it's, it's a lot more on your body. And so he needs to get prepared for that. And maybe he isn't, maybe he is, but um, I, I think there's at least a, like a four out of 10 concern level for me. It's kind of, I, I don't want to look at omens too much because I feel like I'm I'm leaning into doomer territory a little bit, but I mean, just just looking at the past history now, once again with these Lions running backs. Amir Abdullah, I believe, was released. Carry on Johnson released. Still need to see if Swift will take the field for an appreciable amount of time. Um help help me here, Jeremy, a little bit. Other than uh, just, Jeremy just, will give you Jeremy will give you no help and he will give you no <laughs> guidance and he will give you no advice other than the fact do not draft running backs the before the round. third round. You know why? Because you can just take one of your safeties and be like, hey, dude, you want to play running back now? <laughs> sure. Great. You made the team. Look at that. <laughs> we call it the Igwabuki protocol now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, do you want to talk at all about uh, quarterbacks? I mean, the big news is Tim Boyle's probably going on IR at this point. seems like his injury is significant, but at least by keeping again from a lot of these roster shenanigans, they keep him at least so that he can return from IR at some point. Yep. A minimum three weeks, but uh, he got surgery on his thumb and and the report is that it's going to, it's going to take six to eight weeks for him to get back. So in the meantime, David Blau is your number two. And it sounds like it's not official from the team yet that they're going to pick up Steven Montez, throw him on your practice squad. Um, interesting dude. Um, he's a, he's one of those speedy quarterbacks that, um, I, I saw someone on the lines beat mention it. And I think, I think it's a, a good point. Sometimes you want that speedy quarterback on your practice squad to, um, simulate some, some mobile quarterbacks. And guess what? Lions might face one week one, like Garoppolo is going to start, but, um, we might see some Trey Lance and having someone like Steven Montez running around, uh, on your scout team, uh, can help you prepare for that. Yeah, and I mean, beyond even just uh, Trey Lance, I mean, Lions have the Ravens a few weeks later. So, right. um, yeah, there, there's something worthwhile about it, and which, which becomes interesting. Do you think that even with Tim Boyle's return, the Lions will keep three running backs or keep three quarterbacks on the 53-man, or do you think they'll kind of just stick with two on game day? Good question. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's probably worthwhile to keep Steven Montez on the practice squad all season just to mm-hmm. have that guy. Um, and I don't think, I don't think they're going to promote him to the pre- to the, to the regular season roster at any point, unless one of the other two quarterbacks gets injured. But yeah, I think, I think, I think they stick with three. We'll, we'll see where the roster is at when that happens. You know, sometimes problems kind of take care of themselves in terms of finding a roster spot for someone like that. So we'll, we'll have to see. I got to imagine if Boyle does come back from the IR, he's just going to be labeled inactive every week. Really? Possible. Um, it just I, I think Blau just outplayed him in the regular season, and that's probably your established backup. At the uh, same yeah, time, ahead. at the same time, Boyle was the guy who was always repping with the twos. Mostly when yeah. it came when it came to the preseason. So yeah, that's true. That is true. We still have to kind of see how they how they treat that. I could be dead wrong on it. I usually am. Um, I want to do this just kind of academically because we have a little time here. As I'm looking at the quarterback room at all, is and looking around the the NFL, no interest for Cam Newton, right? Go, <laughs> no, Jeremy. I mean, really? I don't know. I mean, I listen. David Blau has shown a lot of improvement. I'm I'm going to take the very judicial answer here. Dave Dave Blau has shown a lot of improvement. He knows the the playbook. You you want that right away. Like I don't think you want to throw away that just because Cam Newton came along. And and if we're being clear, like. Cam Newton just he isn't himself anymore. He's just not. I mean, he, I thought he, he was okay couple, last year. I thought he had a couple of good throws from the pocket this year in Patriots preseason, but yeah, he's definitely it's it's a small sample size, and he's definitely not bringing those other elements to the table for you. Right, and he basically, I you know, I didn't watch any 
Patriots preseason games or practices or anything like that. But the word out of training camp at Patriots is just he was easily beaten by a rookie, by Mac Jones, Work a guy Mac who Jones. most of us don't think should have been a first round pick. Well, I shouldn't say most. A lot of people didn't don't didn't think he should be a first round pick. Um, so if if that's the case, I think the shine has is, is worn well off of, of Cam Newton. So yeah. Bloom is off that rose. Yeah, uh, but it would be fun and exciting at the same time. Jer- Jeremy, tell that to Lewis Riddick and all of his coaching friends who thought that Mac Jones should have been the next quarterback off the board after Trevor Lawrence. Ooh, talk about a spicy take. Um, but the thing that upsets me more than anything is hearing Mac Jones easily beat out a former NFL MVP. <laughs> I mean, it's true. The Might Patriots true. work in, in weird ways, though. Let's let's be clear about that. And, you know, there's also the, the lingering COVID conspiracy about why he was released. So, yeah, I noticed that. Urban Meyer might be in trouble because he said the quiet part loud. Yeah. That that the Jaguars basically did the quiet part loud. Listen, the COVID vaccination is like that's that's a that's I can't say that that's not a consideration across the board for a lot of teams out there that if they have unvaccinated players, it might cost them games, especially with the NFL stance. But yeah. Urban Meyer got in trouble because apparently someone leaked that vaccination was going into their their roster he decisions it, right i feel like I, he said it he might have which you can't do that you can't say <laughs> that but i can't look at cam newton getting cut knowing that cam newton is unvaccinated and not think that that was probably part of the patriots decision too which then turns into to bring it back to the lions is that a decision you want to make that kind of risk to bring a guy into your locker room because the, uh, the other way is not true. Like, I can totally look at a guy who is unvaccinated, not on a roster, and say, do I really want to bring that kind of risk that he'll bring in some positive, some positive cases? And uh, there's some people saying in chat, and I've seen it uh, all since, since it happened. Mike Ford got cut. At, at one point, he told the media that he was not vaccinated, and, and people started speculating that's the reason why he was cut. Whether you believe Dan Campbell or not, he said that COVID did not take into effect your vaccinations did not take into effect any any sort of moves they made mike ford also said in the same breath that he was thinking about getting the vaccination because he wanted to go out to dinner with his cornerback room when they go on the road um so i can't say for certain whether he is or isn't vaccinated i believe dave burkett said that he still isn't but um i can't confirm or deny that uh either way uh, i don't i don't think that's what happened with mike ford it could like you know obviously even if if it were a reason dan campbell can't say it unless he wants to get in trouble too but like how many times are we going to just say urban meyer's in trouble like (laughs) that dude that dude is already rocking the boat like crazy he's he's going to cost the jaguars at least like three sixth round picks for fines oh no there's there's a counter and it's this many days since urban meyer has put his foot in his mouth (laughs) and we have reset we we have reset that to zero and we have also violated hipaa (laughs) (laughs) yeah again like i don't know if mike ford was cut because of vaccination status or not it's just again the lesson here is it might be from some of these teams you just they will never be able to say it right that 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 is that is a quiet part you're you can't say the quiet parts the colts chris's favorite team just had to put carson wentz on the covid list yeah and and to be clear there there are Nick Williams, unsurprisingly, is, is not vaccinated and he made the team. So it, it's not a determining factor. It's not it, it might be like if it's a 50 50 toss up, what do we do? That might tip the scales, but it, the lines aren't don't have a no unvaccinated players policy. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I, that's a good point about Nick Williams. That's a good point about Nick Williams. I, had I, I also think there's so many teams who look back at what happened to the Denver Broncos last season and they're like, that absolutely cannot happen to our team. Yeah, I, I was going to say, especially this year, since the NFL has decided and we'll see how long that policy holds up. But it's like we're not rescheduling games. If you bleep this up, you're taking an L. And that can. That can change things for some teams. Lions I, yeah. don't need to get the dubs, though. Not this yeah, I, can't, I, I can't I can't wait for a game to be postponed or for a game to be canceled and then NFL Twitter jump on board and say, if it was the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, the game would have been postponed. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. Let's with that done, let's put a pin in that. Uh, I'm going to take another quick break here. And when we come back, I want to talk about 
the defense. There's a few positions we have yet to hit on our defense. Um, I believe we talked about cornerbacks early on, but we've got a lot more to talk on there, including one position where I don't think depth is a problem. And Jeremy will uh, help me explain as we were talking about this before the show. But we're taking a quick break, and then we'll wrap up everything as we hit up the rest of the defense on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, reviewing the final 53-man roster. Not quite final, but you know what we mean. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. We're cleaning up here. Uh, we've been going down the 53-man roster. We've talked about the big takeaways. We've talked about the offense. Now I want to talk about the defense. And Jeremy, I think there's some interesting cuts that happened here, but I don't think that there's like... Uh, let's start with linebackers because I'm already seeing people going Doomer on Jelani Tavai getting picked up by the Patriots. And look, I, I know Lions fans like to self-flagellate and I know they have a very interesting case in the past with a former Lions linebacker, but this isn't it. And no matter what, Jelani Tavai was not. Like, how much more did you need to see of Jelani Tavai here, folks? We it's, really need to do this again? It's pretty silly how quickly uh, everyone went from, why isn't Jelani Tavai cut yet, to, oh shit, he's on the Patriots now. <laughs> it's, and, and it's silly. Like, it, it, it all stems from Kyle Van Noy and, listen... The Patriots traded for Kyle Vannoy. He went from a non-Patriot system to a Patriot system where he was a better fit because Bob Quinn drafted him for the wrong defense here in Detroit. Completely different scenarios. We've already seen Jelani Tavai in a Patriots-like system. It didn't work. He's on the practice squad of the Patriots, so they didn't even invest a 53-man roster spot out of him. Relax. He's gone. He can't hurt you anymore. Even if he succeeds with the Patriots, which is unlikely to happen, he can't hurt you anymore. Relax. You sound like me when I'm like retucking like my four-year-old back in at night. Like <laughs> it, it sounds like you're warning everybody that the boogeyman is not going to get you again. But it, it, you know what? It was unfortunate to, to see it happen just because it was a guy yeah. who did everything that this coaching yeah. staff asked of him. Dropped weight, you know, um, put himself in, in, in a position to try to be as successful as possible in a, in a new scheme that was hopefully going to take, um, you know, uh, take into account and, and use his best attributes to, to see him succeed. And it, and it just didn't end up working and it, it's unfortunate. And I, I don't think, I don't think people's anger should be directed towards Johnny to I think people's anger should be directed towards Bob Quinn for drafting a player way earlier than he, he should have been drafted. No question about it. And yeah, I can't, I can't hate to buy. It's unfortunate. The, the poor guy has to go back to, well, he, he doesn't have to, he, he did voluntarily sign with the Patriots and it's probably because <laughs> I can't imagine there are too many other offers right, out there. Jeremy. Exactly. But he, he has to go back to a Patriot system. He has to go back to like no fun authoritarian style and probably has to go back to 270 pounds, which Jesus also Christ. I can't have to imagine kind of sucks after putting in all that work this off season. So, uh, it's, it's a rough couple, couple weeks for him. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I definitely wish him the best. If he succeeds in new England, like no, no one is going to fault this Lions coaching staff for doing what they did. Right. Like we, we can't play revisionist history here. Every single person wanted this guy gone. Everyone was prepared to, to move on from him and rightfully so he's just not a fit for what the Lions are trying to do now. Yeah, I can't, I can't, envision any scenario i think the linebackers like there's no wrong calls with the linebackers right now it's exactly what we kind of expect them to be yeah i would say the the only mild surprise is maybe anthony Pittman making the roster but he was a guy that was definitely 
just outside of my 53. Good special teamer, up-and-comer, shown some growth there. I think the concern at the linebacker level is just the depth, right? Like, we saw we saw what it looked like when Jalen Reeves Mabin was out there, and it didn't look a lot better than Jelani Tavai, and he's essentially your linebacker three, maybe? Unless unless this coaching staff is ready to for the Derek Barnes party, which we're all just like, we're, we've got it marked on our calendars. This is, you know, as soon as Derek Barnes shows up on that field, we're all storming the door and, and excited to see him play. I just don't know when he's going to be ready, but given the Lions' depth at the position, it might have to be sooner rather than later. I think I think it'll be sometime this year. He'll probably see some playing time. No question. Uh, one position group that does not have actual the one position group I, I I noticed Jeremy that I don't think I look at this and like you know what there's not depth issues here and it's probably the defensive line. Like I think Deshaun Hand is he's likely going to the IR just given his issues, but there's not like there, there's not a lot of points as I look at the defensive tat, the interior and the edge and see there, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of surprises and it looks passable for, for death. Can I say, can I say at least passable? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right. Like, I mean, they've got a lot of young guys. They've got Austin Bryant, Julian Aquara, um, the, the rookies in a Lee McNeil, Levi owns like a bunch of young guys who have showed some promise this off season. And they have 12 guys currently, which is kind of surprising. That's a lot of guys. And, and like you said, Deshaun Hand is probably going on IR. So that'll be ticked down to 11 for a while. Hopefully he's not out long. Um, important to remember that the IR only is, is a three year, uh, I'm sorry, three week minimum. Um, so theoretically he could be back for week four if it's, uh, if it's not that huge of a, of an issue. But yeah, like I, I really like, you know, the, I would say the thing about it is that they don't have a breakout star yet. They don't have the one guy who is a, a game changer, one guy who, who will tear things up. Maybe Romeo Aquara is, is knocking on the door there. Maybe mm-hmm. one of the rookies in, in Levi Onzerike and Ali McNeil get there. Otherwise, you're just talking about a bunch of average to above average to good players. But you got a lot of them so that you can rotate them, give the offensive line a bunch of different looks. And I, I feel pretty good. Like I, I graded the roster and I gave both, I think the defensive interior and the edge guys a, a B grade. And I, I think that's where they're at both uh, in terms of their starters and their depth. Yeah. I, I think that can almost be said for um, not, not in terms of depth, but I think the lack of top end talent, you can look around the rest of the roster and you can wonder where it is because yeah. there, there isn't a whole lot of it. And that's a team that's directly in the mud when it comes to a rebuild, like that, that, that's one of those things that hopefully, like you said, a Levi takes off or an Aleem takes off or, you know, even if it is like a guy like Romeo, who's still relatively young and just signed a big contract, if if he can, you know, if if he can tee off and if he can become a consistent, you know, don't want to measure everything in sacks. But if he's a guy who's consistently pressuring the quarterback, he's he's somebody who can who can take this take this from a B to an A. Right. But it's going to take time and it's going to have to see some of that depth, you know, maturate. And I think it speaks to the front office in that we went from last year, right, that this defensive line was very thin and a lot of question marks to you had two high high round draft picks that you spent on it and you picked up Michael Brockers and suddenly we're like, this is the one position where we're not worried about the depth and we're not worried about the talent to a to a large degree. Like maybe the yeah. one thing is that you just need to see Oqu- Romeo Aquara being consistent for a second year and and almost even better they kept all the guys on the like they didn't lose any of their guys the guys mm-hmm. that, that didn't make the 53 man roster also did the practice squad bruce hector was a guy who had a fantastic preseason so did rashad berry the, the edge guy that they picked up like three or four weeks ago he had a really good preseason all those guys made it to the practice squad all those guys that everyone's like eh, they gotta they gotta make an extra roster spot he's, he's gonna get claimed on waivers nope made it to the practice squad and now the Lions have, you know, they're they're eight deep at defensive tackle right now. If you include the practice squad, they're in a really good spot there, almost in a spot where you could maybe consider a trade. But I think we're not there yet. Maybe that's something that the Lions look at midseason while the season is like, and eh, we're looking like, you know, there's going to be a, a lost season. Maybe we can send someone like Nick Williams to to a contender or, or Michael Brockers or, um, you know, one of those veteran guys um, that that they won't miss. I mean, Deshaun Hand. If if Deshaun Hand comes back and is healthy and starts playing out, this is the final year in his contract. Maybe you can swing a fourth or a fifth for him. And I think that would be worth it and something they should consider. 
So last position we have yet to hit. We talked about cornerbacks a little early on. It's a very young uh, cornerback room, a lot of young talent. The depth there will suffer if any of the young guys have to play because it's a position that young guys just don't go in and start and play well right away. But how do you guys feel about the safeties? They've got the, you know, they've they've got three safeties on the roster right now, and Tracy Walker, Will Harris, and CJ Moore. Dean Marlowe is released, but I think Jeremy has a note here, will be back. Jalen Elliott's the practice squad. It's a thin group, and we Very. haven't really seen anything out of any of these guys. You know, Tracy Walker is nope. a guy who's shown flashes, but we haven't seen him do it for a full season as a starter. Will Harris is a guy who's a high draft pick, but just hasn't been able to turn it around. Been a little bit. Both those guys have been a little bit better than expected, I think, in training camp. But we got to we got to see them do something on the field, right? Preseason um, was not kind. I feel to Will Harris, he got burned a, a pre- few times. Yeah, the, the Steelers game was was not a great indication of where this unit is at. It's not it's not something to really make you feel warm and fuzzy. But like like the young cornerback group, I think you're gonna if you're going to have hope and faith in this group. It's going to be more so on the coaches and the players. It's going to be that Aubrey Pleasant is going to coach these guys up. It's going to be that, you know, the Aaron Glenn, Aaron Glenn will, will coach these guys up. But I don't know. I think this is a really thin group. Um, it certainly looks even thinner with with Dean Marlowe out of it. But, yeah, I do believe he's going to be one of those guys that just comes back once uh, the Lions make another roster move tomorrow. Um, there, but, yeah, I don't know. For those listening yeah, in the future. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence in the safety group, but you know, it, it's, it's a young group again. So you, you just, you're just hoping and praying that there's some sort of progress in these guys play and, and that's never guaranteed in the NFL, but you're, you're going like, like a lot of this roster, it's, it's going to get the opportunities to get better, right? All these young guys are going to get playing time. They're going to sink or swim. They're going to get that value, valuable, valuable reps. You hear it all the time. The thing that, that young players need the most to improve. It's not sitting on the bench. It's not playing on the practice squad. It's getting those reps and these young safeties are going to get their reps. Yeah. I, I think that can be said for, <clears throat> you can say that for the rest of the roster too, right? Like these young yeah. guys are going to play and that's something, yeah. you know, Aaron Glenn and Aaron Glenn and Aubrey Pleasant have been, have been vocal about in terms of those young guys playing. So I, one of the players that I was pretty surprised to see make the roster because we, we were kind of doing the the numbers game when it came to, you know, how many guys would make the team based on like their special teams prowess. Jalen Elliott was a guy who, I mean, he really showed out on special teams, especially in that last game. Um, and, you know, even though he's, he's stuck on the practice squad, like this is a guy who has some of that positional versatility. You saw him play in the box. You saw him play at free safety. Dean Marlowe is just like, he's almost like a Tracy Walker replacement. You know, yeah. I, I don't think you'd see a lot of three safety looks with, with Walker and Harris and, um, and Marlowe all on the field together. It seems like Marlowe is kind of like that next guy up, but I, I, I think that's all really super dependent too on, on that nickel position. So I mean, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. The safety position is something that we, we looked at and we, we thought that there was going to be a lot of cause for concern I, I think that there are going to be some some road bumps along the way, but I don't know. It's it's one of those positions too where it's like you just get one really good guy, and it almost kind of makes the rest of the problems go away. Like you know, we we were so yeah. we, we were so kind of like you know lucky to have players like Glover Quinn, you know, play in Detroit and you know keep that as a sturdy, steady position for so long. So yeah, the youth fingers movement. crossed that Tracy Walker could be that guy. The youth movement, man, it's it's real and it's happening. I think this all underscores in that we haven't really seen a real rebuild in a very long time in Detroit. So I think some of this is really, really new. You've always been able to retool and reload pretty much on the fly while you had Matthew Stafford around that right. you could just easily go and get a couple guys to fix up the secondary or it's all right. We'll just sign up, you know, another wide receiver. This one is full on like we keep saying youth and that means that this is a they're, they're building this roster with hope in mind that it's going to stick around for for a while together or at the very I mean, least you can just replace you, you at least make a new foundation foundational base that you work upon i'm really trying to think of a roster that has done this in recent memory just in terms of like tearing everything down like almost to like the you know tearing all, all the spare parts off and just 
looking at the body and seeing what you got because you see so many other teams that think that they can just you know build the plane while it's in the air you see all right. like it, it it just makes me think of N- every nfc east team who thinks that they like have a chance at winning that division so it's like let's just slap some new yeah, paint on this and even, maybe it's maybe it's a new thing even cleveland at least when they were going through some of their quarterback hells they had like joe thomas and some decent offensive line players and they had i mean they they were as close to probably what you're talking about there maybe miami yeah i think uh, i think the dolphins ago. are probably the best yeah. example right they traded away all their big pieces they 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 got really really young they they brought in a new head coach they brought in a new quarterback i, I think that's the general model that the lions are you know they're obviously not mimicking because the dolphins didn't invent a rebuild but in detroit yeah i can't remember a team getting torn down like this and and the thing it's not just the youth it's the youth that are actually going to be playing this year it's incredible to me that that this team basically especially on defense uh in that secondary just they decided like sorry veterans like you're 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 gonna find a job elsewhere but like we're just we're trying to see what we got in these really young guys and and we're we're not trying to see it in the preseason we're trying to see it on the regular season that's the thing that's going to be so jarring jeremy is that this team is going to look completely different from the team a year ago. And yeah. I, I can't think of the last time in, in Lions history where, where that was really the case. It's also going to really hinge upon how well these coaches do at just that coaching. Yeah. Like we talk a lot about how NFL coaches aren't there to teach guys up. They're there to manage them, get them on the same page, manage personalities, manage the locker room. This is, this is a coaching staff interested in player development and they are hoping that their player development is going to pay off dividends. Maybe not all in this year, but in the years down the road, as these other draft picks from the Matthew Stafford trade come to fruition. Yeah, no, no question. And, and what did we say all off season? The, the one thing that we really liked about the future of this, of this team is that we love the coaching staff, right? The coaching staff has gotten rave reviews from fans. They've gotten rave reviews from media, from people who are there watching them coach every, every year. So the lions front office, and coaching staff are, are betting on themselves right now. And maybe we'll have an idea towards the end of the season, whether that was a good bet or not, but it, it's more of a bet that really pays off two, three years down the line. And Lions fans are just kind of, kind of going to have to weather the storm in the meantime, but uh, it should be, it, it's a, di- it, it's a different kind of fun watching this team this year. I think it'll be just because there are going to be so many young guys where you're like, this guy could pan out or, Oh, that guy is not going to pan out. Like it's not going to be everyone. Every, we're all rosy about the lion's draft class right now, except for many, maybe Penny Sewell. But, um, there, there are a lot of other guys who I think, I think might, Penny may Sewell, or may not pan out. The Penny Sewell stuff is so weird to me too. Like that's another I, thing. It's I, just, it's a long-term thing. Relax. Yeah. Like I, I've already seen someone like I had someone crowing to me the other day about, you know, should have taken Slater. And it's like, Taylor Decker wasn't great. His Taylor Decker. See, this is funny because so, okay, not a visual medium on a podcast. Jeremy on my screen pointed at me, but I know on the Twitch stream, he's pointing at Ryan. Yes. Who loves Rashawn Slater? Yeah, no. And I mean, I'm not being a revisionist. All I'm saying is that Slater was going to be, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know you weren't, but, but to, to articulate my point about Slater, I, I even mentioned it back in the pre-draft process. Like that was a guy who was going to be right out of the box NFL ready. I'm not saying that the Lions should have taken Slater instead of Sewell. And I know Jeremy's just poking fun at me, but I think what's important in, in the larger picture at, 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 you know, in focus is that we're seeing so many guys like Taylor Decker and, you know, even like other Lion or other, you know, NFL former offensive linemen or even current offensive linemen talk about how difficult that position change is going to be for him. And and it's going to be it's going to be rough sledding his first year. Going back to what Jeremy's saying, like, I think it, it will be interesting to see this season because the Lions are going to lose a lot of games, and that's kind of the normal around here. But at least it's not completely to a waste, you would hope that you hope that at the very least we're going to see some promise. So we are going to be digging deep into these games. And I think we're going to also be having a lot of fun with these games too. I hope so. Cause yeah, I think, I think you can lose games and still show progress, right? That's, that's what we're looking for because over the past, really since all of Matthew Stafford's reign, we were just looking for wins. We were just looking for playoffs, playoff wins. 
that's not what we're looking at this year. I think most people, not everybody, I think most people are going into the season understanding this is, this is a rebuild. This is the first year of a rebuild. It's not going to go particularly well in terms of wins and losses. But if this team is better in December than they were in September, and, and noticeably so, I think, I think that's going to be a successful first year for Dan Campbell and company. I think the first article that I'm always going to want to read as soon as the game's over and it gets published is stock report because it's going to be so interesting to see like these young guys and and how they do. Yeah, I, I've always I've long said the Lions are a science experiment in my mind. <laughs> and this year in particular is very volatile and hopefully we'll be able to uh, just have fun with it here because it is, I think you're right, Jeremy, that I don't think a lot of people have illusions about it, but I also know that there's going to be plenty of papers in Detroit who are going to start uh, clamoring when things start to go south and start sure. to cash in like told you so's about Dan Campbell and everyone, but you know, Hey, that's you know why what? you're listening to this podcast and not those podcasts, right? God damn right. <laughs> and with that one, we are done with the amount of podcast. Next PO, big POD cast is our season preview. We have a lot of shenanigans ready for you. We have a lot of superlatives. We are charged up. Football is back in actuality. Next time we will talk to you with the trio here of myself, Chris Perfett, at Chris Perfett on Twitter, Jeremy Reisman at Detroit Online, Ryan Matthews, rock god, at Ryan underscore POD. Keep tuning in to everything we bring you from Pride to Detroit because we've got a busy season ahead of us. And as always, Ryan, do you want to do it or should I? Yes. We will see you starside. Starside in stereo. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.